JD Talking Sports. It is Wednesday, April 26, 2017. JD Talking Sports. Drop the G on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also subscribe on iTunes. All right, folks. Isaac, you got to go. Now, I was just watching some of the Celtics game, Bulls game with my dad, and what I saw, then it got better after I came back down, but not sloppy basketball. I don't look at any of those teams and I'm like, ooh, the Cavaliers got to be shaking in the boots. Not impressed. I love how they go down and they just constantly shoot the three. They get a good rebound and immediately chuck it out. And I feel like it sometimes just kills the momentum. I, I, I wasn't that impressed. I, I, like I said, I wouldn't be shaking my boots if I were the Cavaliers. Marshawn Lynch is going back to the Raiders. I got a cool picture of him today with his Raiders regalia. The prodigal son. Prodigal son comes home to O-Town. How about that? Fans have to be excited. After all the shit that's going on, moving to Vegas and everything, feel like they've been slighted and everything. Not good. Tom Fleming, rest in peace. I just read an obituary about him. He had a running store in Montclair, which I guess is not his store anymore, but I used to go there and buy running shoes all the time. Very cordial, nice guy. Was a fourth grade teacher and a running coach at Montclair Kimberly Academy, which is near me in New Jersey. He wasn't feeling good. Ended up having a heart attack. They found him dead in his car. He was at a track meet for the school. And my mom plays tennis. And one of the moms, one of the women she plays with was telling about her son was all upset about her coach uh, passing away. And that was the guy they were talking about. I didn't know he was coach teaching. I thought he owned a running store. And he actually was a two-time winner of the New York Marathon. He went to William Patterson here in New Jersey. Never won Boston. He always wanted to. Finished second. It was a cool, it was a good obituary about him. But they didn't mention his store at all. And I used to go there, get my running shoes. He always would check my feet and everything. I'm sorry. Hey, rest in peace. That sucks. Really sucks. Yankees are playing right now in what looks like frigid, frigid weather, weather up in Fenway. I asked my dad. He's never been to Fenway. I used to go with a old friend of mine. Not a friend anymore. He ended the friendship. I didn't end it. Shit happens. Yes, it does. First kid I met. Yeah, we were friends at a, when I went to American University. Sadik, but he took me, we once drove all night, we went to a opening day Red Sox game, and I went to see Clemens pitch for the Blue Jays, I think, one time. I haven't been to Fenway in a long, long time, but they used to have the big cheese there where they cut a pizza pie into four slices. They don't call it a pie, there. they go pizza, but I, and he called soda tonic, not soda tonic. Huh. Ah, memories. Well, Yankees sent it up 3 nothing. In the top of the seventh, Aaron Judge, 25th birthday, two on homer, seventh earlier tonight. And then Bird had an RBI. They're up 3 nothing. Severino, three hits through six innings, scoreless. I don't want to jinx it. Tomorrow night's Tanaka is going against Chris Sale, who's 1-1 with a 0.91 ERA because he's getting no run of support this season. But he is, and he has been dominant against the Yankees in the past. Tanaka's pitching better. But I'll tell you, if Severino and Pineda can get it going, Yankees could be all right. My buddy Frank could be ecstatic. We were watching today ESPN2. We were watching ESPN. Oh, and all the fight. Listen to this. Edward, I'm just naming some of the people. Edward is 17 years with ESPN. He's gone. Danny Cannell, who had a radio show. Jason Stark, 17 years. Trent Dilfer, nine years. Crazy, right? Just crazy. And I was watching uh, Jameel Hill. And she was. They were talking. They were. They, it was. It, it was a somber day, you know. And they said, "Well, this. You know, it's for us. It's a tough day. It happens all the time. They, they make a lot of money, and I don't think that's the right thing to do. You know. They said they have to cut back since they're losing subscriptions. The only way they can, you know, they're they they want to 
make sure that they're relevant in the future, which I think is bullshit. They'll always be relevant. But they had to get rid of the salaries. They were paying too much. Well, listen, you can't bring in shit unless you bring in me, J.D., but you can't bring in younger people. And younger doesn't mean better. I mean, Ed Werder was really good at what he did. Jason Stark was really good at what he did. And Dilfer, Dilfer was a smart guy. You know, Cannell, you know, Cannell was all right college football. I mean, you can't keep getting rid of people. You got to, and you have to, younger doesn't mean better all the time. There's something to be said for older. What do I know? I don't run these things. Also, they say Didi could play for the Yankees, could come off the DL to face the Orioles at Yankee Stadium on Friday. So they're saying it. Because Ronald Torres, 293 batting average. He's tied for the team lead in RBIs with 13 with Starling Castro and Aaron Judge. Well, now he's behind. Aaron Judge had a home run tonight. And he'll become the utility infielder where... And Peter Cosmo, they brought in... He's going to be gone, which I talked about earlier this year, which is definitely going to happen. And the Mets... Supposed to be Thor. They were going to bump Robert Gaselman tonight for Syndergaard, but now they're going to play the Nationals next. So instead of having Gaselman pitch now, they want to make sure they have they have Harvey and Wheeler and Degrom. I think they want Harvey and Degrom pitching in. Yeah, I think they want to line up Harvey and Degrom to pitch in Washington. So Gaselman started tonight. Well, not good. Four innings, ten hits, six runs, five earned, three base on balls, two Ks. I think it's, a lot of it's due to the weather. And Julio Tehran has given up one run and two hits tonight. They're down 6-1 the Mets in the top of the six last time I checked. Not good for the home team. Mets are 2-8 and eight their last ten. Not, man, come on, man. I mean, got to start doing something, the Mets. Not playing good. Yep, they're down 6-1, bottom of the sixth. Yankees have bases loaded, top of the seven, two outs are up three nothing. Love to put some more runs on the board before this one ends. Celtics up two on the Bulls, so that's it tonight. We there's only two games tonight. Tomorrow night, basketball is the Raptors at the Bucks. Raptors could wrap up that series three two, and Spurs at the Grizzlies. They're up three two in that series. Also, we shall see. Tomorrow, one ten p.m. It's going to be Dicky versus Syndergaard. Dickey, what is he? Oh, yeah, 1-2 and two with a 3.86 ERA and Thor 1-1 one and one with a 1.73. They got to get off their schneid. They do. They really do. Not playing good. And because they're talking now that they feel uh, Familia is now ready for the closer role. Going into the night, they're 4-8 and eight in April. Looks like 4-9. Curtis Granderson, 205 on base percentage after 335 last year. The team is at 288 on base percentage. Hey, look at this. They have two hits tonight. They're not doing shit. They're 2 and 8 the last 10. You can't fall, can't keep losing, and the Nationals keep winning. Not going to be good. Also, Collins, last year of his contract. Darno, they said, could play today, but Rene Rivera usually catches Syndergaard, but actually he's catching tonight for Gaselman. And look at the DL right now. You got right. Lucas Duda, who says he should come off next at the end of next week, the DL, Wilmer Flores, Brandon Nimmo, Mats and Lugo. Steven Mats, Seth Lugo, pitchers. Not good. Man, not good for them. But, hey, one bright spot, Conforto. Going into tonight, 361 batting average in 16 games. 438, four starts at leadoff. 526 on base percentage, and he scored seven runs. The thing is, tonight, you know, you're not going to win too many games when you have two freaking. And Conforto tonight is... He is... 
0 for 3 on the night. He's 333. And Madison Bumgarner will not need surgery, thank God, on the sprained shoulder after the dirt bike accident, likely to miss two months. Eric Thames, who they said is on pace for 81 home runs, I think that cracks me up, hit his 11th last night. And they won again today. The, the Brewers won last night, and they won today. I want to check the Brewers' record. He did not get any home runs today. Nationals are already up 2 nothing. 2 nothing on the Rockies. Yeah, I was trying to find... Yeah, they played earlier tonight. Brewers are now 12-11. and 11. Hey, they won 9-4 over the Reds today. So last night he hit his 11th tame. Thames, I'm sorry, Thames. I keep thinking the Thames like the English River. But Thames has eight of his 11 home runs this year against the Reds. It doesn't matter. 11 home runs is 11 home runs. That's serious shit. Also, Jeter with the Marlins. He's going to have to contribute, they said, about $100 million, And they're going to need more financing to get the $1.3 billion for the team to buy it. Also, Marlins are losing at least $30 million annually. And they don't want the same situation they had with Frank McCourt in 2004 with the Dodgers, which... He didn't have a lot of money up front, and that turned into a nightmare. And then he sold the team for, I don't know, a couple billion dollars. So in the end, Frank McCourt didn't put a lot of money up front and walked away a very, very, very rich man. Now they want 60% of the purchase price paid immediately and no more than 40% financed. 22 of the 29 owners have to approve the sale. And the next meeting of the owners of Major League Baseball is May 16th through 18th. So that could happen very quickly. And this is awesome. Pirates, infielder, gift, and Gompe. And Gompe. First African born, he's from South Africa, first African born player in Major League Baseball history. He had a single in the first, hit a single today, first career Major League at bat. How about that? Against the Cubs, they were up 5 3 last time I checked. But Gift and Gompe. How about that? It's just awesome when you see. Now, for, and, and the Pirates had a Lithuanian pitcher pitch for the first time. In yesterday's game, game is getting international, man. If a kid, if we can get the first African-born player in the Major League Baseball, it's going to happen. There's going to be players from all over the goddamn world. Good for him. He, he, it looked awesome. It just, it's cool. I love shit like that. Hey, Leslie Alexander, the Rockets owner, a little lighter in the pocket last night. You know, hey, he complained. He didn't like how the calls were going the first quarter. Went from his courtside seat. Went to yell at the ref. Well, that cost him a hundred thousand bucks. <laughs> I was watching it like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Are you are you crazy? And Rondo fractured thumb. They had x-rays yesterday. He thought he could play game five. Nope. And he's uncertain for game six. We shall see. And the Rockets last night beat the Thunder 105-99. They're actually down five in the fourth. Outscored them by 11, 33-22 in the fourth. Harden at 34, 16 for 17 on free throws. Westbrook. 47 points, 11 of nine, 11 rebounds, 9 assists, 20 points in the third, fourth quarter, only 2 of 11 shooting, and 5 for 18 on threes of the night. Houston was 6 for 37 on threes. I mean, talk about, so a lot of chucking last night. Lou Williams at 22, Patrick Beverly, who plays awesome D. Well, still gave, I mean, he did, he did make Westbrook take a lot of shots, but that's still 47 goddamn points. Well, what are you going to do? And how about that? And, and, and Russell Westbrook, you know, I, re- I read some stuff about him, about it. should he be an MVP? Well, 
His win shares metric was 238th best in NBA history. But his VORP, which is value over replacement player, was the best in NBA history. And in the five games versus the Rockets, they have what's called an effective field goal percentage, which was 43%. Okay, his true shooting percentage, 51%. He only made six of 45 fourth quarter shots. But listen to these, look at his series totals. 37 Almost 12 rebounds and almost 11 assists. He averaged a triple-double the five games. I mean, think if the guy had some talent around him. And he wants to stay there. So imagine if he gets some more talent around him, a second guy. He gets his uh, sidekick. He's a sidekick, man. Everybody's a sidekick. He's awesome. He is. And Utah last night, they won in L.A. 96-92. Clips fell to 1-11 in Game 5s of playoff series. That is not a good history. I mean, they got to change that. But hey, they lost to Blake Griffin. Who they said might. Would he go back to Oklahoma to play with the Thunder? Who knows? So Clippers are 1-11 in Game 5s, a playoff series tied 2-2, which means they don't close out series. And Utah outscored the Clippers on second chance chance points and fast break points. Gordon Hayward at 27 to lead the Jazz. Jazz can clinch Friday in Utah. And none of the games have been decided by more than 8 points. So they've all been kind of close. But I think this one's over. I think they really miss Blake Griffin. And Spurs, 116-103 last night over the Grizz in San Antonio. Kawhi Leonard, 28. Spurs were 14, 50%, 14 for 28 on threes, too short of the postseason record for the team. Patty Mills, 5 for 7 on threes, 20 points. Tony Parker, 16. Mike Conley at 26 for the Grizz. And Mark Gasol, who I love. I love watching him play. I love, you know, 17 points. Grizzlies have lost nine straight postseason games in San Antonio. So even if they get back game seven, I don't like their chances. But hey, they could make it tougher. You know, actually, I've wanted San Antonio to give Golden State a ride. And I don't think I don't think anybody's going to give Golden State a ride. I think they're going to go straight to the finals. Game six is tomorrow night in Memphis. And the winner will play the Rockets. We shall see. And Wizard tonight, hey, they beat. They did what they had to do. They beat the Hawks in Washington up 3-2. John Wall, 20 points, 14 assists. Dennis Schroeder, 29 points, 11, 29 points, 11 assists for the Hawks. And that game started at 6 o'clock, which was kind of nice. You know, hey, start a game at a time when I can watch it. All these games start. That's what we're talking about. He goes, my dad's like, why would we go to a baseball game now in April at night and freeze our asses off, get them 1239? I said, I don't know. And it would be nice to have some day games. But they don't do, hey, Mets are playing a day game tomorrow. That's kind of nice. That's why I like football usually. It's a day game. It's a one and four. It's, it's light out. But baseball man, night games during the week, too goddamn late anyway. And NFL draft tomorrow, prognostic. They aren't making their mock draft. At least Mike Mayak does one. But, you know, listen. It means jack shit. It doesn't mean anything. You know, it's it's a crapshoot. I mean, look, okay, Jets. 2015 averaged, were 13th in the league, almost 254 yards per game passing. Last year, they went down to 216. That's a, that's, that's a lot. That's a drop, man. That's almost 40 yards per game. They went from 13th to 27th. Points per game, they went from 24.2. They dropped seven point, a touchdown a game last year to 30th, from 11th to 30th. They haven't drafted an offensive player in round one since 2009 when they moved the 12 spots to take Mark Sanchez, number five, after all. God, I thought he was going to be the savior. I really did. I thought he was going to be the... I thought he was going to lead the Jets. He was going to be the next Joe Namath. I thought he was going to take the Jets to the promised land. No, 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 no. They also took Sean Green, Iowa running back, and offensive lineman Matt uh, Slauson took them in the second and third rounds that year. And McCagden, the GM for the Jets, last two drafts, he took Williams, number six, 2015, 
and Darren Lee last year for 20th out of the Ohio State. They're saying that the Jets need a speedster, wide receiver. They're talking about John Ross for Washington, Chris Godwin from Penn State, Curtis Samuel from New York City from the Ohio State, Didi Westbrook, who's a little slight, but he can run fast, fast, fast from Oklahoma. Also, they have secondary needs. They have Devin, Devin Smith, 2015 second-round pick out of the Ohio State. They said he has to maintain his speed at top of routes, and he's been hurt all the time. We haven't really seen what he can do. I remember him in college a couple of years ago. He really lit it up, and he hasn't shown it in the pros. He, you know, he's been hurt all the time. I don't know. And they're saying, should they suck for Sam Darnold from USC for 2018? There's also Josh Allen from Wyoming to talk about, Josh Rosen from UCLA. Now listen to this, okay? Sometimes you suck, and hey, Peyton decided to go back to school to Tennessee in 1997 when the Jets were the number one pick. 2011 was the suck for luck for Indianapolis. They went 2-14, and 14, ended up winning two of the last three. They also beat division champs Texans that year. So you're thinking... Yeah, you know what? Still got the number one pick. Well, it, it didn't help because Bill Poling, the GM, was fired. Jim Caldwell, the head coach, was fired. And Andrew Luck uh, never... I mean, they've been good. They've been good, but they haven't been great. And they've actually, they have actually took a step back with all the injuries and all that. And he's, because you have, you have to have an offensive line to protect his ass. It doesn't matter who you have playing quarterback. You're going to get your asses kicked. Have to be careful. And the the Giants have a... Number 23 pick, they, they need offensive line pick. Eric Flowers, 2015 first-round pick out of the U, 31 NFL starts. They're saying, should he move from left tackle to right tackle? It would be a little easier, work on his technique. They're talking about three guys possible. Ryan, Ramzik, they say he's the top left tackle, recovering from orthoscopic surgery on a torn labrum in his hip. That's not good. You have Cam Robinson, who was a five-star recruit out of high school. He played great for Alabama. And Utah's Garrett Bowles. He turns 25 next month, but scouts say he's the most athletic offensive lineman available. Kicked out of five different schools growing up. Briefly sent to jail for vandalizing another school. Kicked out of his house by his dad, and then he was taken in by the lacrosse coach. Guy's been through a lot of shit. He's married as a kid, but they're saying, hey, he can play. And you know what? You want a guy that has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. You want that guy, and the Giants need that guy. You got Eli Manning, got to protect his ass. And the Giants haven't had a Pro Bowl linebacker since Antonio Pierce in 2000. Pierce in 2006, and the last homegrown linebacker to make the Pro Bowl, Jesse Armstead from the U, 1993, eighth-round pick, five-time Pro Bowler, 1997 to 2001. And thank God this got fixed because I I was like, there's no way Eli was fabric, you know, saying it was game-use equipment and it wasn't. They said his attorneys have emails between him and the equipment manager, which so there was no plan to, you know, fabricate game-used equipment, which is, come on. What, why would he do to his he, he, legacy? And his, fa- his father would kick his ass. You don't think Archie would kick his ass and Peyton would kick his ass. And I love mock drafts. You know why? Because the New York Times, 2014, they had 115 of them evaluated by Huddle Record. No more than eight picks going right, going to a right team in the first round. No more than eight picks. Last year, 35 of the 107 mock drafts got at least eight right. Two got 12 right. So you think not even not even 50%. And Robbie Ash, the owner of the Huddle Report, he said, good defensive draft, but people get excited about quarterbacks. The Pats aren't actually picking until the third round, number 72. I thought this was kind of interesting, too. The jurors who acquitted Aaron Hernandez were invited to Monday's funeral, which I would have been like, uh, yeah, I don't think I'm going to go to that. But that's a, little, that's a little weird. 
You know, you would think that should be a family thing. I don't. Oh, Mets are now down eight one. They just gave up. God damn, they suck. Good God, man, man, Mets are just going down. And they say Triple G will fight the winner of next week's Alvarez Julio Cesar Ch- Ch- Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. fight. All right, we shall see. First round picks. Teams with the most picks, Browns have the 1-12, which they got from the Eagles last year. Saints have the 11-32, which they got from New England for Brandon Cooks. And the Rams, I mean, I'm sorry, Titans have the 5-18, and 18, they got it from the Rams for the Jared. I think that was what they used to trade up to get Jared Goff. Crazy, right? Unbelievable, man. So Titans, Saints, and well, Browns really 1-12 of the best picks. Saints, 11-32. Titans 5-18, and 18, they said they might want to trade down. I think a couple guys want quarterback. Marshawn Lynch, they said two years, $8.5 million. $3 million base this year. Can make another $2 million if he rushes for 1,000 yards. Pretty strong lines there. Anything's possible. And the Saints haven't discussed a trade with Pats from Malcolm Butler in quite some time, says GM Mickey Loomis. So that's probably not happening. And Jason Witten plans to take one year at a time despite his I think, four-year extension. I don't know how long... That entails, he said, last year, 69 catches, 673 yards, 10 yards a catch, three touchdowns. We shall see what happens. I like this. Austin Matthews, hey, you know, he said, been going kind of nonstop. I'm not going to go. He's going to skip the world championship, says he's focused on taking a break, recharging. Good for him, man. You know what? Played some playoff hockey. He's beat up. He wants to be, he wants to be solid for next year. Do it. Do it, do it, do it. I say do it. You got the capped Penguin, which are going to play in the second round, and the seating sucks because these two teams should be playing for the Eastern Conference Championship. I mean, you had them and your Columbus Blue Jackets, the top three teams, had to battle it out where none of them are going to make, only one of the teams is going to make the conference finals. It's bullshit. Now, the Caps have not won a Stanley Cup since entering the league in 74. All four times the Penguins have won the Cup, they beat the Caps. The Caps are 1 and 8 in the playoffs against the Pens. Not good. They were 2 2 during the regular season. They had an 8-7 game where the Penguins won back in January. Combined for 35 goals in the four games. Game one's tomorrow in Washington. You got the Rangers and Senators tomorrow in Ottawa. Ottawa won the season series 2-1. Both teams, strong goaltending, speed, depth. Should, I think it's going to go seven. It's going to be tight. Hey, did anybody think the Rangers were going to beat the Canadians? Nobody. Everybody thought season was done. Finito. End of story. Goodbye. And how about this gambling record? $439.5 million bet on baseball, I'm sorry, basketball, college and pro in March per the Nevada Gaming Control Board. JD, talking sports, drop the G on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also subscribe on iTunes. He bet zero, not a dollar, nada, not a dollar, nothing. Jack shit. No, he did. I'm just, I'm, I'm not joking. I'm, be, I'm being serious. Now, Albert Breer from MMQB said at least 10 teams looking to, I talked about this trading down, the Niners, Bears, Titans, Jets, Panthers. And they, he thinks two cornerbacks that the, the NFL likes more than, than, the, than the fans know, the public knows about is Alabama's Marlon Humphrey. His dad was Bobby Humphrey, played a running back, played in the NFL for, he had a couple of really good years. And USC's Adoree Jackson, who 
who actually tried to make the Olympic team this past Olympics in Rio. And they're still talking about Mr. Trubisky going number one over Miles Garrett. I don't know. I don't know about that. And he thinks maybe Trubisky, Deshaun Watson, and Patrick Mahomes could all go in the top 15. And they think Davis Webb might go late in the first round because that fifth-year option means they hold on to him five years, keeps him under contract for five years. You know, you never know. And T.J. Howard, they said he's a clean prospect, might go as early as the fifth pick. Everyone loves him. They're also talking that the Niners, if they take Solomon Thomas, it's kind of redundant. They have Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner. But Breer thinks they could use them all together. They said Marcus Lattimore could also go at number two. But they're talking about that he has soft tissue issues. They're talking about Jonathan Allen's shoulder, Ramzik's hip. Talking, you know, it's like enough. Enough with these red flags. And, and also Reuben Foster with his drug history at Alabama. We'll see how far he drops in the draft. But somebody's going to get him. He's going to be pissed. He'll play. Hey, look, Warren Sapp dropped. Hall of Fame career. You never know. They also said the Bears might take Leonard Fournette at number three. They're saying, you know, he's a, a game changer. But, hey, Jordan Howard had a pretty damn good year as a rookie. Ran over over, over 1,200 yards last year for the Bears. I don't know why they need over. Come on, man. I, I don't think that's a smart pick. Unless, hey, you know what? He becomes a beast. That's what they're saying. They said the Chargers won either Jamal Adams or Malik Hooker. And they're saying Reuben Foster or Hassan Reddick from Temple could go to Cincy number nine. That's, I, I think the Jets Jets might Jets might want him. O.J. Howard, he could go anywhere. What do you think? Also, Adrian Peterson puts Joe Mixon at a play for the Saints. They said Denver and Cincinnati might be landing spots for Mixon. I think Cincinnati, they, they take the trouble, guys. They said Arizona wants a day one defensive impact player that we can start right away unless they find the receiver of their dreams. At number 13, John Ross would be with somebody that Arians, Bruce Arians, would love. And everybody's talking about, we'll see if Davis Webb sneaks into that first round. And they're saying Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson were good bets for Kansas City and Houston. But they just know which where who will go where. They said Andy uh, Andy Reid likes the quarterbacks, likes his quarterbacks. He likes them where he's picking, so he's not going to get down. And David Wilson, you know, remember he was a first round pick back in two thousand. What was it? Two thousand first round pick, thirty second out of VTech three years ago. Think of that, three years ago. Well, two thousand thirteen, he had the herniated disc, and they said if he played again, he uh, he came back from the herniated disc. Training camp, complete numbness. He said if he kept playing, that he would be, he could be paralyzed. Had to give it up. Then he tried to make the 2000 Olympic team, 2016, into the triple jump. Was actually coached by the 1984 Olympic gold medalist Al Joyner, but didn't qualify. And he's something interesting to say about um, the end of his career. He said football was a lifelong dream. And, you know, then it got taken away from him. And he says he still misses football. He, you know, he says, when I watch these guys get ready, I remember how I was getting ready. I still feel like I can do it better when I see these guys training. And he said, I want to see them go out there every day, whether it's in the meeting or practice or a game, it'd be great because it could be taken away in a moment. My chance is over with. 
But these are the guys who should be living in the moment. Something bad happens to you, just go back in the huddle. Don't feel down. Just remember, you're in the NFL. You're there for a reason. Make sure you're worthy to be there. So it's pretty cool. And I thought this was... Now, that, that, in that article, I want, I want to give props out to the man who helped me out with that article. I just, you know, it's interesting because especially career taken away so young. He's doing music now. He's, spirit, he's a spiritual guy. Bob Glauber at Newsday. You know what? Your career gets taken away. You try to make the triple, dump, that, triple jump. That doesn't happen. He's got a wife and a kid. He married his high school sweetheart. He didn't have a great year. He only averaged about 15 carries a game his first year, but he did do great as a kick returner his rookie year. 1,533 return yards and a touchdown. Even played in the Pro Bowl, and next season, poof, his career's over. And you're young. It's tough. It's really tough. And I thought this was interesting. Barbara Barker of the WNBA. Now, I go to games. I like the games. She said at least 63 players representing all 12 of the WNBA teams are playing overseas, according to WNBA.com. In other words, more than half of the players in the league spend the offseason playing basketball somewhere else. Now you have the WNBA's best players, such as reigning MVP, Nenka Ogumake. Now, Nenka Ogumake. She had one of the best seasons in the history of that league. She made 66.5% of her shots in the regular season, second highest in history, and hit the winning basket at Game 5 against the Lynx, which was an awesome series. They won the WNBA. Twelve days later, she's hitting, after hitting that game winner in the WNBA Finals, Ogu McKay is suiting up for her first game with Dynamo Kursk in Russia. Now think about that. Imagine Stephen Curry. Packing up Russia less than two weeks after playing in the NBA Finals. Now, Curry's making $11.4 million. Ogumake is making 109000 which is the maximum for a player with her level of service. Now, over in Curse, they said she's making about 15 times more than she would make in the WNBA. And I talked about this before. Diana Taurasi makes $1.5 million for a Russia team. She even skipped the 2015 season after she was asked to do so by the team UMMC. Akata Rinberg. And why are overseas teams able to pay, you know, the money, women so much more than they're paid here? And Allison Galler, she represents eight WNBA players and a handful of non-WNBA players overseas. She says some teams like the, most of the teams in Russia are funded by the municipal governments to serve as a source of local pride. Others like those in Turkey are attached to very lucrative men's soccer clubs. And Okumake says, hey, you know, we can play about 80, 90 games. I don't worry about playing year-round because I won't be doing it every year. It's a sacrifice you've seen many take. Now, they just celebrated the 20th season. They had an increase in attendance. Television ratings were up. And they, that final was awesome. And then you look at the National Women's Hockey League, which announced on Friday that they're going to have to slash salaries by 50% in order to stay in business. And Okumake when she was asked if she was uh, if if she was bothered by the pay disparity between the men and women, if she said, "Of course," though she said we would appreciate more economic advances, it doesn't disregard my appreciation of the opportunities I've had to make great money overseas or the cultural experiences that contribute to my worldliness as an athlete and a person. Just she's just kind of like, "Hey, this is how it is." 
said the disparity is obvious, apparent, and no secret, but our league is still young, and we have a lot of growth I look forward to being a part of it very soon. But should the men's basketball player make 104 times what the MPP of the WNBA makes? Probably not. But the problem is it's TV money, and television money pays a lot of the bills. And until that changes, not too much is going to change. But I thought that was interesting. 12 days after the season ended, Yeah. Unbelievable. Unfreaking believable. All right. Let us go to the Oh, I want to check scores. Okay, I can't do that right now. Hold on a sec. We're going to go to music in a little bit. I want to check scores. See how my Yankees are doing. Yankees up 3 nothing, bottom of the 8th. And they took, did they take out Severino already? Severino went 7 innings, 3 hits, 2 baseball balls, 6 Ks. Batances is in right now. 2 outs, bottom of the 8th. The Yankees are up 3-zip. Oh, Mets got a second run, 8-2. Rivera hit a sacrifice fly. They're down 8-2, bottom of the 7th. Celtics up 2 at the half. Isaiah Thomas is the leading scorer for the Celtics, and he is not. Avery Bradley leads the team with 17 at the half for the Celtics. And Curry Olnick off the bench, 11 points for the Celtics. Dwayne Wade leading the way for the Bulls with 11. Jimmy Butler, 8 points. Only eight. It's still eight, only down 2. He's got a whole second half. We'll see what happens on that front. All right. Pirates up 6-3. Nationals still up on the Rockies. Not good. Okay. Trivia questions for... Okay. Last night's trivia question. Okay. Northwestern is the... Just went to the first NCAA tournament. What are the four schools that have never made the men's NCAA basketball tournament? Men's NCAA basketball tournament. William & Mary... Army, St. Francis of Brooklyn, and the Citadel. Okay, tonight's trivia question. Name the six NBA players with a 20-point game over the age of 40. There are six NBA players with 20-point games over the age of 40. I know, that's a little weak question, but hey. All right, Yankees hopefully can get that win tonight. Mets look like they're going to lose their ninth game in the last 11. Rangers tomorrow playing the Ottawa Senators game one. Of the second round of the NHL playoffs. Hey, I'm rooting for the Bulls. I want them to take down the Celtics. And tomorrow, hey, Mets, Thor pitching 110 p.m. against R.A. Dickey, the former Met. We'll see what happens. Congrats to Marshawn Lynch for signing with the Raiders. Hopefully, they will have a fantastic season. Have a good night, folks. I'll talk to you soon. Peace out.